Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm Dean Zarball. I'm here at Brew Kettle's production facility in Strongsville, Ohio. I am sitting across from Jack Kephart and Justin Curlin of Brew Kettle. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, have me out today. Great to be here. Uh, we are drinking the uh, the Sa- uh, Shandy Shores. It's a tongue twister. Uh, this is a new beer from you guys. Tell the people a little bit about what this beer is and uh, what was the inspiration behind coming up with the recipe for this? Okay, it's it's actually a, a retool, a re, refit of a brand that we had out last year in conjunction with Cedar Point. Uh, the previous version was strictly a, a blood orange shandy. So we used real blood orange juice, let that ferment out, and then we added natural you know, blood orange flavoring to punch up the flavor and aroma. Uh, this year, we had a powwow amongst uh, me, Justin, Bryant, uh, Lou, some of our brewers and uh, and management people, and we decided to give it a new spin. So we we talked about it. Justin suggested like kind of a fruit punch vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So we we went the same route. We got real fruit juice to add to it during fermentation to give it kind of that nice base of fruit flavor, and then we punched it up with. Uh, with the extract so that beer has mango in it pineapple black cherry and blood orange just to give it a little citrus hit so it still has a blood orange in it but but we just didn't want that to dominate gives it more of a tropical taste to it yeah very smooth this is uh this would be a great summer beer that's a great great summer beer it's exactly what it's supposed to be it's aimed at that summertime you know when you're out there cutting the lawn or sitting on a beach or wherever you might spend your summer days drinking beer yeah this is the perfect beer to bring along really nice i'm uh i'm not i'm still new to shandies it's not a style that i've been particularly uh that i've sought out and i've i've found a few now that i really am getting into and i think this is a nice one that will attract people who don't normally drink the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm in that same category. I'm pretty new to the Shandy uh, drinking. It was never a, a style that I sought after either. But, you know, when we were having that powwow about where do you go with this brand, you know, I thought about back into my summertime and when I was a kid growing up and what I liked to drink, you know, back then. And, you know, for, for me, it was always either Hawaiian Punch or it was, right. you know, the Capri Sun little yeah. packets that you push to, you know, to the end and so we kind of you know put our heads together and figured out you know how can we make it taste similar but still have a nice beer flavor to it i mean the bottom line is it's still a beer so we want to make sure that we still have a solid uh base on it and Mm -hmm. uh, i think i think this does that yeah i think it has that nice balance between both worlds that sometimes the style can push one way or the like a little too much towards the flavor and yeah, and I totally agree. Sometimes, it, it, to me, it, that that style is—it's literally just sometimes it's decent beer with a lot of juice, right? right? Uh, and you're not tasting the beer; you're tasting really just the juice. So mm-hmm. I think Jack did a good job of uh, kind of blending that balance. Yeah, we all sat around and we came up with a ratio of all those flavors so that you know nothing, nothing purely dominated, but it wasn't just a muddy you know fruit flavor either. Yeah, it you, you once you start telling me all those things that were in it, you really start to to have each one kind of come out in its own way. Uh, it's really really nice brew. How did you 
get involved with brew kettle back uh when you got started what was your journey to to come the, here? the complete journey <laughs> abridged unabridged whichever you'd like to give uh i was uh, a a geeky home brewer back in the late 90s early 2000s and uh got my start brewing uh uh kind of through fred carm back then he was with uh with Thirsty Dog, at least he gave me a hand brewing at the small little brewery. There used to be a chain of brew pubs in in Cleveland in the Cleveland area called Wallabies. Okay, and they went defunct. But one of them, the one in Medina, had uh, a brew system, and the ownership turned it into our Brown Derby Roadhouse. And that that brewery, they had to brew the beer to maintain their you know liquor license. So it was almost like a it was like almost like a pass through brewery where people brewers that were you know out of a job and waiting for another job to start would brew there for a while and 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 i was the first one to get started there and then after me a few other people got started brewing there but fred carm helped me brew my first batch on that on that system and then that was in uh like november december of 2003 and then in 2004 i worked up in the east lake area and uh, right around Willoughby Brewing. And uh, I was a frequent, you know, went there, talked to the brewers that were there. And Bill Bryson, who uh, who was the brewer there, you know, shot me an email one week saying, I put in my notice two weeks ago and, and they need a brewer. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I started professionally brewing late, like in my, you know, low mid 30s, but mm-hmm. But I managed to, you know, first gig out, you know, landed a head brewing job, you know, more luck than, yeah, than anything else. But I made the best out of it, best best of it, and I was at Willoughby until 2007, and on a bus trip to set up the uh, the rebirth of uh, the Northeast Ohio Craft Brewers Association, which is would be soon to be called uh, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. It was me. Chris McKim, uh, Luke from Great Lakes, a uh, few other people. We rode the uh, uh, the van from Great Lakes down, and, and that's when uh, Chris McKim, the former owner of Brew Kettle, told me he was looking to hire a brewer and and uh, expand the Brew Kettle to a you know a small production brewery at yeah. the time. So that's when I when I started. What was it that that got you interested in brewing, you know, at home to begin with? What was what how'd you get the bug? Uh My first my geek beer that I first brewed from extract kit was uh, a Sam Adams Cream Stout clone. So that really? was my I wouldn't say that was my gateway beer because yeah. back in high school when we drank Back when it was okay to drink in high school, <laughs> or not okay, but accepted. It was more acceptable. We, we we we'd buy all kinds of geeky beers just to drink in front of people, just to just to act weird and look different, right. like Robin Hood Lager, and then I got turned on to like just dark domestic lagers, like Lowenbrow Dark and oh, nice. and Michelob Dark. So that's that's what kind of transition transitioned me into you know the brewing aspect of it, and about that time. Hell, even Great Lakes was pretty small back in right. at least the early '90s. Absolutely. So it was, and I got the bug, and just you know, like I said, you geek out as a home brewer. You either go one of two routes: you either go all in, or you you know try it a couple times and you know figure it either you can't make a decent beer or it's just you know not your thing. Yeah. And what's been your experience from from that 
to how you do, uh, at the scale you do it now. It, how how different are those two worlds? Doing it for the bucket, that five gallon bucket, to to the I mean the the levels you do it at now. I mean, uh, there's two schools of thought on that. There's a lot of brewers that say, "Wow, oh, it's it's way different," and and, and kind of you know discourage brewers from going that route or that it's a lot harder than it seems i mean there's there's differences in efficiency as you're you know setting up a recipe where you're if your efficiency is better you got to cut back on on specialty malts you don't scale them you know the same way from five gallons to you know 20 barrels but but the difference between what i do and on this small to medium production brewery or a pub brewery to a home brewer versus you know what they're doing on a you know a 100 barrel or you know system it's we're probably closer to home brewers yeah yeah that's a nice that's a nice level to live at right yeah yeah you still get to tinker around and do things and as we grow that's going to change but it it happens gradually and you guys, uh, you guys are in the middle of a, a nice growth spurt right now. You got a, you know, a couple new recipes out, and a couple of those we'll get into later. The, uh, I'm really just enjoying the shandy. It's nice to have one that's locally sourced. You get, you know, your ingredients from here. I like finding having companies that I can give my money to, where my money is going back into the community rather than going into Wisconsin mm-hmm. for Line and Kugel or going somewhere else for sending my money you know it's nice there's not a ton of places making these oh, drink local here. man i mean that's uh it's definitely key i mean it's nice we, i mean people don't realize that brookhouse is the second oldest brewery in cleveland yeah you know i mean i think it, it kind of goes unnoticed at times but you know it's been around since 1995 it's you know there's there's been a lot of breweries that have come and gone since then and you know i, I think you know it's one of the reasons that attracted me to come you know work here is you know they've been doing it for so long and you know jack has a track record of success and you know they're they, they make some amazing make some amazing beer so yeah absolutely Shandy's a, a good example of it really really nice uh nice idea i like that you guys came together for it uh kind of makes it everybody kind of feels like they have a little part in it and it's not just uh you know yeah it's a beer i sell I, you know i had a part in this you know i I like the flavors in this. I help him up with the flavors. It it probably helps you sell it a little bit, Justin. Oh, it makes it a heck of a lot easier when you when everybody buys in. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why you know even uh, the next beer we'll try, and you know you get down to it, you talk about the major lager. Um, you know that that's a beer that I think everybody here had a, had a part to play in, and uh, I think as we move forward, that's how a lot of these uh, our new liquids are going to come about. Yeah. Um, it's by you know using every asset that we have. I mean, we're a small brewery, so you know if you got a creative mind and they happen to be in the sales department, you let them you know have a have a part to play. Jack's the the expert when it comes to you know putting together all the recipes and everything else. And uh, as long as you know we we marry those up together, the ideas, the sales should should come along with it. You yeah, know, absolutely. So. I, I think uh, this would be a great thing you can variant too. You can throw different flavors into and kind of, you know, throw some like exclusives out to, at the at your at your locations. For and stuff. sure. Or if you have a Randall or anything else, you can throw you know other fruits in there and and, and play with it. That's uh, definitely something that you can you can do. If if someone's at the at one of your brew kettle locations and they're eating food, what would you say you would 
well, I want to eat with this. I, I mean, to me, anytime you're using fruits, when when you uh, the barbecues, it, they go very very well with pretty much anything that has any kind of citrus in it. Um, it's anything that has a little bit of heat, you're gonna be able to crush. Um, so I, the barbecue sauce, our barbecue sauce is amazing. So um, that would be something that I would totally because the pineapple. I mean, pretty much how many times you go in to any restaurant and they serve something with pineapple and, and barbecue sauce. So that's really gonna gonna tie it in, make a nice tie in. Um, so I think the barbecue would go very very well with. It. So I, I like the barbecue. Spaghetti. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, grilling too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you're out grilling on a nice summer day. You want something? This this is the beer. For Super that. easy to drink, that's for sure. It, it's it's crushable. Yeah. It's really nice. It's got it's got a great balance to it. Uh, is there anything else you want to get out about the the shandy that I might not have covered? Well, we're canning for the first time uh, for the first time ever next week, so we will have this available in stores in a twelve ounce six pack format. Um, so it'll be available at all the Heinen stores, um, sometime look for it most likely second week in June. Cause we'll, we'll can first week of June and then it'll, it'll make it out to your local stores right around then. So, um, all new artwork. Um, we, uh, we dropped the Cedar point logo off of it. Um, that was a tie that we had last year mm-hmm. with them. They are still supporting it and they're putting the beer all, all over the place. It's just, we felt like we could sell this better statewide if we had, uh, no logo tying it back right. just to Cedar point. Um, we've hired a new artist that um, you know he's a, a Ohio local guy um, that does some amazing work um, if you've ever been down to Columbus you've probably seen one of his murals at some point um, but he redesigned our our uh, Shandy Shores uh, logo I think it looks awesome it's a tropical beach vibe uh, you can see it right behind you but um, it's got a great look to it and like I said it'll be available in that 12 ounce can here in a six-pack format uh, 10.99 price point, so um, should be right in that line price with all the other, uh, pretty much everybody in this in the same category. So, absolutely, this is a wonderful beer. Thank you guys so much for your time. Look for Brew Kettle's Shandy Shores hitting your shelves soon, and tune in next week for another all new episode here at the Brew Kettle.